Okay, well we are going over the lab part today, so I did, get the, I did get that all settled for you. You can tell from all the numbers up on the board, I'll go over that in a minute. So if you haven't turned in your observation data, I do need to see that today. Um, we also have coming up the third article review and the exam makeup assignment, if you're doing those, are both due Friday. And I didn't, get a, didn't see a big terrified, I meant to erase the today part so I didn't scare everybody as to the quiz being today. Um, it is, but it's not a, it's an open book in class quiz that we're, the assignment we're doing today, essentially you turn in that grade as your quiz. So, I just didn't want to give everybody a scare, I left that blank that, yes it is, it is today and I'll give you credit for it. And it'll be all the calculations that we're doing and everything and then I'll look at it, give it back to you, hopefully we get it done today. About two-thirds of the other class got it done today, that way I can look at them, give them back to you Friday. So you have the opportunity to have it this weekend to do the write-up part. Whether you choose to or not, of course, is up to you. You can wait till Thursday night, there's a lot like to, but you have that option. You at least have it for this weekend as well. And then we have coming up on the, on the 9th, the last day, we have homework, the last quiz, which I discussed last time, and the observation reports coming up due there. And then our final exam is Monday, so two weeks from now you'll be done, long done with the course, be done for a couple days, so. Scary part, okay. We still got another chapter and a half to cover. So that's what's coming up and that's the rest of the semester now, so. Okay, questions? Questions? No? No? Okay. Ah, picture of the day for the day, first of all, before I start going through all the calculations, is spacecraft launching last, we last weekend actually. This was the Curiosity rover, so the third of the Mars rovers is, has just been launched and will arrive on Mars in August if all goes well. So it should be on Mars in August. It's supposed to explore Mars for a couple of years. And it's the nice thing about sending the rovers there is that they're the ones that can actually move around and explore. Yes? They, they have, to, a lot of things have said they're, they're closing off a lot of it. But this was already ready to go, so it seemed silly to to cut it at this point, but a lot of the ones that are in progress are, be, are seriously being considered to be cut. So, yeah, the manned space program's gone, essentially. There's nothing right now that we can't send. We have no, we have no way to send, we, the United States has no way to send a human into space right now. Because the shuttles are gone and there's nothing else taking their place. Well, scheduled for a few years from now, but if everything gets cut, then... Well, the space station is still accessible through other, you know, the Russians can get up there. As long as you're not going to Mars with the Russians, you're okay. You know, they've been trying since 1960 and they haven't had success. You know, for 40, 50 years now, they've been trying to get a probe to Mars that's successful and they haven't had one yet. So, yeah. So they have not yet had one. Okay. So, so yeah, if you're going to go to Mars, you don't want to go on a Russian. <laughs> you don't want to go on a Russian. You know, hopefully they'll have better luck, you know. But there's been something wrong with each one. You know, one of their earlier ones, Went there, got, got to Mars, may have actually flown by Mars, may have been the first spacecraft to flow, fly by Mars, but the communications went out before it got there. So we don't know whether it flew right by Mars and did all the stuff it was supposed to do and just couldn't send any of it back. So they had more luck with Venus. They actually landed probes on Venus, which we have yet to, we have yet to do. But yeah, the rovers are nice just because they can explore. They can go look around the surface and see what's there. If something looks interesting, they can, you know, go to that rock that looks interesting as compared to the earlier Viking landers couldn't. When the Viking landers landed in the 70s, they landed and they could see exactly what they saw there and they had a robotic arm that could reach out. 
But if something was, you know, five inches beyond your reach, it might have well been, you know, a million miles away. You couldn't get to it to explore that rock. Now the rover can actually move and explore that. So again, that was just launched this weekend, and we'll be looking for evidence of life and things like that on Mars or previous types of life on Mars. So question, question, questions. No, we want our quiz, right? Easy quiz this time, though, right? You get to do it all in class. You're allowed to get help. You're not required to do it yourself. So, in fact, I'll put half the answers up on the board before class is over, so even better. Okay. What we're going to do is go through a set of the calculations for you here. And I'm going to hand you out a paper. This has, and I don't remember if I gave you the original write-up on your sheet or not. So I'm giving you the right, this is what I use for grading. So sort of how I grade each part of it. Let me not go around and forget this poor table again. I forget you guys sometimes. Here we go. Three, go. Two. And two. There you Thank go, you. sir. And you're very welcome. Just what you always wanted, right? Christmas comes early. Look at that. A month early. Okay. So the first page is essentially what I look at when I'm grading your write-up. So I look for an introduction and a conclusion at about 10 points each. Your data is about 30 points worth and how I look at it in detail is there. The graphs is what we're going to work on today, is part of what we're going to work on today. And then the analysis is a big section of it. So that's just essentially how I split it up and where the points are. So if you want to see what you need to concentrate on, you know where the points are. Essentially, if you've done the data already, we're going to do the graphs today, you'll have that portion, you'll have 55 of the 120 points done, essentially, today. So the data, if you've, done, if you've been making it, you can still make observations up till you know, December 8th if you really want to. December 9th, December 9th and mail it to me late, you know. You can make it that late if you want to, but you need not. If you've already gotten the, the criteria on here, you're fine. But that just gives you a sort of an idea of what I'm looking for in the write-ups. Then what we'll start off with is I'm going to work you through the first couple calculations. I'm going to go through the first two with you as a group. They're already up here on the board. Um, give the right one first. Don't give the one with the answers. But So what we have here is a set of observations. These are for the entire semester going from the 24th of August through the 4th of January. So yes, I'm time traveler. I've gone into the future and found out where the sun's going to be. Technically, you could, there are ways to calculate it. I can calculate what the altitude of the sun should be each day, and I kind of worked backwards to find the length of the shadow. So I did in reverse what you're doing. But that gives you some actual numbers to compare. So what you can really do is actually the graphs you're going to make today with my numbers, use my numbers today. You can graph those. I'll give them back to you. You can plot your numbers on them on the same graph, maybe a different color or something. How did yours compare to what you should have gotten? So mine should be exactly right. That should be what you should have gotten. You can plot yours over it afterwards and see what, what did you get. See how close they were. If they were completely way off, maybe one or two of them were. Maybe they followed pretty closely. The calculations are done in a couple steps. And there's a number of different ways to do them. I'm going to walk you through just doing it, filling in this sheet. If you want to do it on a spreadsheet, you're, you're welcome to do that. Only issue is with Excel, and I'll explain it more when I get to there, Excel does not work in degrees. And you need to switch to degrees. You have, a, you, have a, you have an extra step if you do it in something like Excel that doesn't convert 
doesn't convert things to degrees when it uses trigonometric functions. It only does them in radians. But I'll point that out when we get to that step here. So I mean, you have that. You can obviously, if you can do that, if you want to do the calculations that way, I'm going through them as you're just filling them out in this sheet today. So the first step, and I've got them all up on the board here already. Your first observation said that your object height was 20 centimeters, or 20 inches, or 20 kilometers, or 20 somethings. It doesn't matter. If you use centimeters, if you use inches, I use centimeters. If you use feet. If you use meters, whatever you use, as long as you measured your object height and your shadow length in the same units. That's the only important thing. So if you said your object was 20 inches high and your shadow length was 12 centimeters, that's not going to work. You, get, you, have to convert, you have to convert one to the other. As long as they're in the same set of units, it doesn't matter what you used. Because the first thing you're doing is dividing them. So you're dividing 20 centimeters by 11.2 centimeters. That gives you that next column that what says tangent of theta. So this is a measure, it's a trigonometric function calculated of the altitude of the sun. When you divide them, your units go away. So it doesn't matter whether they were centimeters or inches. As long as they were the same, they're gone now. So the, there's no more units. It's just a plain number. The tangent is just actually a pure number. So in this case, for that first column, all you're going to do is take 20, take your shadow height, divide it by 11.2, the length, and get 1.79. Oops. So if you take 20, divide it by 11.2, you get 1.79. You can just do that straight down that whole column. If I, in my case, it's all 20. I've given you everything I've given you had a shadow height of 20. So you take 20, divide it by that, that, that number, and get your tangent angle. So that'll do your first column. What we're really looking for is the altitude of the sun. The altitude of the sun is this, is the angle, that little theta circle with a line through it. In order to find that, we have to do an inverse tangent. So inverse tangent on your calculator may be second function tangent, may be an inverse tangent, there may be a button for it. I have a couple of the computers on that groups wanted to use before. There's actually an online, there's online calculators if you want to use that. And if you just take that 1.79, in this case, if you're using this one, there's a tangent with a negative 1 by it. This is the regular tangent function. We're looking for the inverse tangent function, tangent to the negative 1. And if you click on that and put in 1.79, you'll get 60.8 degrees. If you do that number and don't get 60.8 degrees, which is what you should get, you might get something like 1.1 if your calculator is set up in radians. That's the way Excel will do it automatically. So if I told Excel to calculate the arc tangent, inverse tangent of that previous column, it's going to say it's 1.1. It's not wrong. It's using a different set of units. It's using radians. And there are 57.2 degrees in one radian. Again. If you're doing the calculation the way I'm showing you here, you don't even need to worry about that. If you want to throw it into a spreadsheet because that's easier when you're putting the project together, you'll need to multiply whatever you get from Excel by 57.2 to get the right answer. So if you're doing the calculations like I showed you here, that doesn't matter. If you want to do it someplace like on a spreadsheet, you may need that number. So that tells you how high the sun was. The sun was 50, 60 degrees in the sky on August the 24th. 
the number we're looking to plot is the declination, how far it was above or below the celestial equator. So that's the next column. That's this little Greek delta. Looks like a little 8 that you didn't quite finish. So make an 8 and just don't quite finish that last little bit of it. That's equal to the altitude that we just calculated, 60.8 degrees, minus 49.7. This is for Harrisburg. Unless you're traveling well north or south, and I don't mean just like down to York or up a little bit, if you're tra east or west isn't going to make any difference. But if you're tra unless you're traveling well north or south, if you took a trip to Florida and made an observation down there, you'd need a different number for that. And I can, if you have some that you made, I can get you, find out what it was and calculate it for you to find out what that was. So I know you made one in Arkansas. So I can figure out where you were in Arkansas. I can, your numbers, that won't work for that number, for your number. But for all the other ones that were made around here, you know, unless you're commuting quite a ways each day, you know, if you're going down to, you know, D, coming from D.C. or something, yeah, that's a significant change north and south. Anything around this south central Pennsylvania area will be fine with this number. So then all you do is subtract it. So you take the number you just calculated, 60.8, subtract 49.7, and get 11.1 .1 degrees. So the sun was 11.1 .1 degrees above the celestial equator. And put it there, and we'll put it in here. Okay. Then the last column is the change in declination. Can't do that for the first one, right? There's no, nothing to change. Because we don't have, we don't know how much it changed by. We don't know what it was a week before. I didn't give you that number. So you can't do a change in declination for that first one. So you can actually leave that blank or cross it off. We'll do one for the next one. Okay. So that's what you need to do for each step. The second one I've written up here again. Again, 20 centimeters divided by 12.4 centimeters. Just divide those two numbers. Gets you 1.61. The inverse tangent of that number, 1.61, the inverse tangent of that, gives you in degrees 58.2. Take that 58.2 and subtract 49.7, and you get 8.5. So there's your first two numbers. Now the change in declination is by how much did the declination change? On the current observation it was 8.5. The previous observation it was 11.1. .1. So you take 8.5 and subtract 11.1. .1. Yes, it's going to be negative because it was going down. It was 11 degrees, now it's only 8 degrees. It's going to get lower and lower. You're seeing that the sun is getting lower and lower throughout the semester. So if you subtract those two, 8.5 minus 11.1 .1 is a negative 2.6. But we're not done. That works for mine. Actually, if you left it there with my numbers, it would work. Because mine are all evenly spaced. Unless you had perfect weather, you didn't get evenly spaced numbers, right? You, know, you, you might have had two weeks where you couldn't get a day where you could make an observation. You might have gotten two, three days apart. So the sun may have changed by a couple degrees. But if you look at two weeks apart, it's going to change a lot. If you look at two days, it's not going to change very much. So you're dividing it by how many days there are between your observations. And in order to be consistent when you plot your own numbers, always divide it. So mine, you could actually work with it without it, but to be consistent, to do it right, you want to divide it by how many days there are. For mine, it's always seven days. I put them all seven days apart. I did the calculation seven days apart to make it very easy for you. So you take that negative 2.6, divide it by seven, and get a negative 
and that's degrees per day. So it's average. Essentially you're averaging how much it changed over that time period. It's really important if you made your own observations. Because as I said, you might have some that are two days apart. They're not going to change very much. And changing that number compared to ones that were a month apart, there's going to be a big difference. So you always need to divide it by how many days there were between the observations. And then you'll fill in that column. Now when you do the next one, you can calculate each of the numbers again. Now you'll be able to fill out the rest of this table consistently. You can either do it one row at a time. If you prefer to go straight down the column and divide everything first, then do this. You can do it whatever way is most convenient for you. And I'll leave that up there and then I'll put the answers up in a little bit so you can actually compare. I'll make sure that you, I want to make sure you're on the right track with these numbers. So I'll give you, you know, 20, 20 minutes or so and by the time peop most people are graphing, I'll put the answers up so you can actually compare and look at what you got. For the graphing, before I let you go on, the, let you go on to that, I have the graphs all set up for you. I was real nice. I, put the la I got them all labeled units wise and everything so you don't have to try to scale anything. You plot the first one is declination and I have the complete range here. It can go, if you remember the declination can go as much as plus 23 and as low as minus 23. So when you get down there into December when it's down in the depths of, you know, right before Christmas it's going to be negative close to negative 23. All you need to do is plot. Each of these numbers on the bottom is one week. So if you do this as the first day of my observations which is the 24th, then the number 0 is 824, 1 is 831, 2 is 97. You'll see you won't get all of them on there. There's only room for 16 and I've given you 20. You're only going to be able to plot the first 16 points on the graph. Don't worry about that. You don't have to try to rescale it to squeeze everything in. When it comes to plotting your points on it, this graph paper, which I, I like to use because it's split up exactly into sevens. So, while this is 824, the first one, each of those little lines within represents one day. So when you're trying to do yours, there's no guessing as to where the 28th would be or where, you know, September the 3rd would fall. If it doesn't fall exactly on the line, each little line within counts one day. So it works out really nice that way when you're plotting your own points. The only thing I need turned in today is your data sheet and the two graphs. I want you to give, if you can get them done today, that's great. If you don't, I'll take them Friday. If I get them done today, I'll have them back for you Friday is the good thing. And then I'll actually be able to give them to you. Yeah? No. No. Other questions? Okay. Otherwise, I say I'll be around to check on you and then I'll give it a little bit and I'll put the answers up there so you can see them. And